Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 65 of After 9. We have had an amazing last couple of weeks. Got to hang out at Youth Ministry Conclave. So if you are a new friend or listener from the Southeast, We had a blast at your conference, and I hope that you did too. If you are new to the podcast in general, please make sure to subscribe, follow on Twitter at After 9 Ministry, and give us a review if you like what you hear, because we want to give you some free stuff. If you go to youthministrybooster.com, use the code AFTER9 to save $9 on any booster pack, which is a month worth of resources for you. Up today on the podcast, an interview with a youth minister that, well... They say you don't know somebody till you karaoke with somebody, and our guest today, Rush Beam, is a good friend and a heck of a karaoke singer, and he is so excited to share with us today. The podcast has been great. It's a chance for us sometimes to make new friends, but it's also really fun when we get to showcase some of our old friends. So I hope you enjoy episode 65 with my friend and hopefully yours, youth minister extraordinaire, artisan, UMC Rush Beam, hanging out from North Carolina, coming to you today, After Not Audience. Sit back and listen and enjoy this interview with Rush. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After Nine with my... Well, okay, he's one of my best friends. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, just going to say it at the top of the episode. He's one of my best friends. He's one of my youth ministry buddies. But man, he's good. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Rush Beam. Say hi, Rush. <laughs> What's up, party people? Coming at you from North Carolina. Yeah, man. So our history, our friendship goes all the way to the East Coast where I spent some time out in Durham. And we actually never did youth ministry together until recently, but our paths kept intertwining. And so uh, Rush, man, thank you for being on After 9. Thank you for hanging out with us a little bit and sharing some of your youth ministry I have a regret from seminary days, and that's not getting to hang out or help out in your youth ministry. And maybe that was like God saving you from me. I don't know, but I, I do. I do lament that in my seminary days I didn't get to volunteer and help out my buddy Rush. So, well, we're young. We're young. There's a there's a bright long future ahead, man. There's still so, time. There's still, there's still time. time. There's still time. <laughs> well, Rush, we're gonna ask you the questions from after nine. Uh, the number one question we got to start with is, man, here you are, and I, I want to guess the number is double digits. You've been doing youth ministry for a while, so how, how many years, and then what got you into youth ministry? Like, there's so many other things you could be doing. In fact, there's some things you actually have done, so like, <laughs> why why youth ministry, man? Well, if you if you count my volunteer years, which any smart, do. Any smart do. person does, right? Yeah, this is year number 17. Yeah, man. <laughs> leading student ministry, which is a little terrifying to say. Uh, I, 
the the long I have a long story and a short story, and I'm going to start with, start with a short story. Perfect. When when my grandparents were members of church, this is really actually quick. My grandparents lived across the street from our church. Okay. And our church outgrew the space, and so they built right down sort of catty corner across the street. And my grandparents were sort of landlords in town, and so they bought the church. <laughs> Because they didn't want anyone else to have it. It was like this crazy, selfish thing. And then they go, oh, dear God, wh- why do we own a church? We're not pastors. We don't do anything with this. And so my parents moved into it. And they were going to be there for like three months, you know, super cheap rent and living in a Sunday school classroom, basically. And then they ended up living there for 17 years, having four boys. And I grew up. In a Sunday school room, and my bonus room was a sanctuary Stop where it. in one little nave was our laundry room, <laughs> and a car was torn apart in the back, and my dad's wood shop was in the middle, and I played on the altar. It was crazy, man. I lived there till I was nine. So some people talk about growing up in the church, like meaning they're there every Sunday, every Wednesday, every VBS. You literally literally grew up in the church and your bedroom, your bunk beds were one of the Sunday school classrooms. I love it. it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little crazy. So when people are like church is home to me and I go, you have no idea. <laughs> you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Did that make for any kind of fun, like friend hangouts where they're like, Hey everybody, we're going to the beams house, which is the church building. <laughs> yeah. You know, it did. It, it was kind of like one of those things, like people would come over and we were it wasn't in great shape and like we okay. were embarrassed because it wasn't it wasn't like a nice place. But okay. all of our people wanted to come hang out because they were we were like the odd family. Yeah. Hey, let's go hang out with Rush. We don't like him, but we want to see where he lives. Right. <laughs> what kind of weird stuff to keep it in the closets, man? Was yeah. there ever like did you ever like find like old church relics and stuff where they're like like VBS artifacts from like decades gone by or like haunting like old biblical like carvings or anything? Oh man. No, I, I think cause my, I think because I lived there right from birth to like eight. And so okay. I wasn't really, I wasn't the curious 13 year old who's like, got to like creeping yeah. into places. Or through everything. Yeah. But I still have one of the pews uh, in my house. Okay. So Perfect. I sort of refinished that to my house. Um, I have a cross necklace that's made from the stained glass windows. Uh, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, that's the really short. I grew up in church, man, so there's no okay. accident that I am working okay. in church. The, I mean, how did I get into student ministry, though, is totally ridiculous. I, um, I, went, to, I went to college in my hometown, which is Davidson, North Carolina, okay. and my youth pastor was still working there sort of as I tr- transitioned into college. And he basically forced me uh, to be a volunteer, nice. um, and I hated him for it. Uh, and but I stuck in it. I sort of went through. He ended up leaving to see about a girl, and we hired a woman who was, you know, she I think was new to the area, kind of in overhead a little bit. She kind of got asked to step down, and then. Okay. My senior year of college, I was ready to sort of totally unplug, and we were sitting there. About eight of us were volunteering to run the ministry, 
And we literally ran a ministry for about a year and a half as volunteers. As a crew. Okay. Yeah, just as a crew. And we had a little bit of support staff-wise, but we just broke it up and, and, and did it. And by the end of it, I really liked it. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot. And so my church just sort of said, Hey, you, you don't know what's going on next as if any 22 year old does right. um, about anything about it. Literally, <laughs> about anything. literally anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they offered me, of course, probably like $2,000 to stick around right. for the summer. And I was like, yes, work. This is real awesome. money. <laughs> what? Um, so I ended up staying, uh, okay. kind of hated it for a while. And, um, we hired a kind of a 15 year vet okay. who came on and, and showed me the ropes and showed me another sort of balanced approach way. And by the end of it, I was, I was hooked. Um, yeah, and, cool. and it found my sort of creative place to belong. Yeah. I, I love that, that call story being so shaped by like <laughs> that strong recruitment process. Right? Like, this, this is the life of every like volunteer in youth ministry. It's that someone having like that strong recruitment process, that time of like just like treading water, <laughs> that time of ownership, and then usually that time of training that comes on the other side of ownership. And that's where like I think a lot of youth pastors like go through those kind of motions of like, I want to recruit. I need you. I don't know where to put you. Stick it out a little bit longer. Okay, I'll finally train you. <laughs> and that's kind of this the, that's the arc of it, right? That's like how it works for everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two years too late. Two years too I late. Think that's where so so many people quit during those two years, though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people that are great, they walk away because no one has actually slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in all that time, seventeen years volunteering, serving, making way too little, but not knowing any better. <laughs> What is your favorite youth ministry moment? Maybe it's like a defining moment or it's just like the funniest story or it's just some kind of like God moving moment that like if you have to like have one isolated moment of like this is why we do, what is your favorite youth ministry moment? Oh, man. So it's it's probably from seven – yeah, about seven years ago. Okay. I was brand new to a church. I had sort of inherited a job from a, a good buddy that I actually grown up in youth group with. Um, so he had sort of left his position. I was moving to town anyways. He put and, you on the short list. <laughs> yeah, put me on the short list. I got the nice. job really fast. It was a little crazy. And so I roll in and I, w- I would say never replace a friend uh, okay. because everyone, <laughs> everyone knows your friends. And so they're afraid to tell you any of the bad stuff. And probably any of the good stuff. It, it was very, very, very strange. I still okay. love them to this day. Thank God. But everything felt really uh, shrouded. Like you didn't really get to yeah. know the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this guy, his name is Shay, and we uh, we are very, very similar and unbelievably different. Okay. So I roll in there. I am this sort of contemplative, worshipful, slow guy, and I sure. roll in there. And Shay was all about games and yeah. big promotion, you know, you name it. And so when I asked around sort of during the whole interview process, and, and I had hung out with Shay and talked to stuff, I get there, I interview students. I sort of asked them to tell me, hey, what does a normal youth group look like? And I get 50 different answers. Which you know is never good, right? right no right. one can explain to you what happens on a Sunday night. So, so not okay. a clear picture, yeah. No. <laughs> so basically I took that to say, Rush, do what you want, right? So I go in there and I, I do the only thing I know how to do, which is basically start with a couple worship songs. Sure. 
And man, I pick the most vanilla. Everybody's heard it, you know. Right. St- repeat week after week. So if they've never heard it before, they're going to get it by the end of the first month. Yeah, yeah. You know this kind of stuff. Really, the slow build with some worship songs. Seven words, seven times, man. That's oh, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah, back in the come on. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was into the worship circle guy. You yeah, know, man, like yeah, doing man. just same thing thing forever. So I get in there, and I, we're about a month in, maybe to the school year, and. The, the the beginning of youth group consisted of Rush sitting on a stool at the front of the room playing two worship songs. Jamming. You and the guitar. Yeah. Me. That, that, and that's the a guitar. good recipe for youth ministry. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm singing the songs. I'm You're on a stool. <laughs> yep. And man, I every time I open my eyes, I look out and everyone is staring at me and no one is singing. I mean no one, Zach. It's painful. They're like waiting for you so, to finish. <laughs> They're just, can you please be done? So yeah. about a month in, I get two upperclassmen who, praise the Lord, they're still going, right? Okay. okay. And they say, hey, can we come by your office? Oh, they're going to sit you down. That's good. And I go, <laughs> I go, yeah. And I'm a month in, yes, they care about me. You know, this is great. And, and so they come in and they go, hey, man, we have something important that we want to talk to you about. Um, so you've been starting youth group with, with, with what we – Behind your back are now calling uh, the Rush Show. Oh no, <laughs> they named it. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> and it, it, you're, you're kind of showing off. And because Zach, you've you've seen me play music, I, I have yeah. a decent voice, right? So yeah. they're kind of like, hey man, you're you're showing off a lot. It's belting it. Yeah, it's not it's not good. <laughs> Nobody likes it. Oh, please, please no. stop. <laughs> ne- never do it again. Are you just crushed? And hold on, like, we just pause and just take a moment. Are you just like, did you keep it together, or was there like, a, did they get a single tear out of you? Did they get the, did they get the thing? The the there was an internal tear. It didn't quite roll down my cheek because I knew I had. The, you know, it's one of those clear moments of, dear God, I'm in a crossroad. Okay, I yeah. there are two distinct ways, and I need to be careful about which one. I either just break down and let them see I'm a real person, and yeah. you can't treat human beings like this, <laughs> or which was not a bad choice, or or and and I but I remember so. I don't. I didn't even know because I don't. I don't find myself being that brave very often. But I remember looking at them, and I go, "Guys, I could stop. I could stop worship. I could stop doing it. You'll be more comfortable. I'm going to be honest with you. I will be more comfortable because as awkward as you think it is, it's twenty times more awkward for me just sort of sitting there during the rush show. And I open my eyes, and you guys are just like you're at the worst rock concert you've ever been to." And uh, I said, you could either do that or, or you could be brave enough to join me in, sort oh. of in, in, in worshiping. Because mm. honestly, it's not the Rush show. So let me – clearly I've been doing something wrong because I'm not actually explaining to you what we're doing, right? Mm. Um, and man, that is, a, is, is like this moment where – it was a terrible moment in my office where these students said, you suck at what you're doing, right? Mm. But I think for me, the thing that was so clear about that moment is I think we have to model what we're talking about. We have to show and sort of experience with them. But there's such that moment of teaching that we are responsible for about explaining uh, and naming what, what we're sort of rolling through. And, man, I knew it was it was a long road after that. But there was there was a moment where um, it was probably three years later 
where we go on a fall retreat. We go, we went to the same place every fall and I basically struck the first chord of, of their favorite song. Yeah. I got a full band behind me at this point. Praise the Lord. I basically hit the one chord and they sang it acapella for, you know, the next five minutes. Mm. And, and I just stopped playing the guitar and I was crying because nobody cared that I was in the room anymore mm-hmm. and everybody cared that the, the living spirit was in the room. And I, that is the kind of stuff when you can see that obvious just connection, man. It, but it all goes back to that moment where I had to name for them what we were doing and why. And I think it's so fundamentally true that the talks that we give are probably not the ways that we actually teach. That's <laughs> so true. I mean, just like for all that energy and effort. And if you were an afternoon listener hearing this right now, Rush and I are pausing, looking at each other, realizing, flipping through like the, all the, the slideshow images in our head of the times that we thought we crushed a talk and how very little times we actually did teaching with a microphone and a stage. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I, I remember so vividly. I, started, I became a volunteer, right? I already yeah. said this under my old youth pastor. And he goes, we were talking, I think I was maybe going to teach that night and I was so worked up about it. And he goes, Rush, how long have I been your youth pastor? And I was like, uh, uh forever. I know it was probably only about three years, <laughs> Always, but, yeah, you know, yeah. three, three years. And he goes, cool, cool, cool. So in those three years, can you name a single series and or specific talk that I gave? Mm. Go ahead, man. I racked my brain. I came up with two, two two and he said he said rush it doesn't matter what we say it's how we say it Mm. it's how we love before and after and if you don't do either one of those well then who cares what you say in between Mm. um i was like oh oh okay okay i have to remind myself that pretty often when i'm up late at night on a saturday night working on my talk for the next day right right Um, right yeah you're you're just gonna like finesse it into perfection yeah, yeah. Yeah, somehow. Somehow. Right, right. This is the one that's really going to reach him. <laughs> this is the one. This is the one. Oh, man. That's good, brother. Thank you so much. That's uh, And that's a powerful favorite moment that wasn't just all on the uptick <laughs> that took the time, right? That the payoff took three years. Three years later three to get the payoff years. for that teaching yeah. moment, man. Okay, but that's a good moment. <laughs> but for three years, there probably were not always some great moments. <laughs> and in 17 years, I guarantee <laughs> – I've already lost a bet to you, so I'll stop guaranteeing things. I guarantee that there were some pretty terrible moments. Was there ever a moment, or what is like the most pinnacle moment for you where you're like, this is the night I quit? Like, what was the time? What happened? When were you like, this is it? I'm done. I'm doing something else. I'm going to go back to painting or woodworking or Taco Bell. I don't care, but youth ministry and me, we're done. So, Zach, you know some of the story. So, at that same church that I was just describing, we had... um we had an internal two pastors basically form a relationship with one another who were currently married to other people. Hmm. Um, and there was so much infighting and lying and bullying and backstabbing and hmm. manipulation that happened sort of during that time. And I remember the, the one Sunday that I can name – it was just the end of it. Well, it was Youth Sunday, every youth pastor's favorite Sunday of the year. 
Uh, I'm trying to get rid of it at the place where I am. I, I, I actually think I've been successful. It's going to be awesome. Did you, did you do it? All right. I think I've done it only after one year, which is killer. <laughs> so I, uh, it was youth Sunday and our senior pastor who was basically being forced on a sabbatical, uh, because of this affair he was forming, mm. um, he read this statement next to our chair of our staff parish relations committee during announcements at the beginning of the service, right before I come on and tell everybody, Hey, and now you're here for youth Sunday, your least favorite Sunday of the year too. (laughs) And, uh, and I just so remember one of my associate pastors at the time, she is just was, and still is a rock star. But he read us this statement before he gets up and to, to say it in, the, in front of the congregation. He's, and he just said, hey, what do you guys think? And my associate pastor just looks at him and goes, it's awesome. It's the best lie I've ever heard. And I was like, oh, man, mic drop. Like, what's happening? <laughs> and I knew it was all over when he says, great. I'm excited to read it, too. And then mm-hmm. walks away. And, and I think it was this it, – it, that's the one moment I can name for you, Zach, which really over the course of about three years where I hated in a lot of ways my entire church. Mm. And so what I did is I ran away over – my youth building was separate. And I ran away into youth ministry and I made excuse after excuse after excuse for, uh, for my church. And, and I just hid in a dark corner and I believed that there was this moment where I could make – a church out of a youth ministry alone. Mm. Um, and it, it didn't work. Uh, and it really collapsed in on itself and we reached our just full, full potential and, and then really crumbled, I think from there, because mm. I, I knew at that point that youth ministry could be incredible, mm. but unless it works, with the entire family and with the rest of the ministry and the entire kingdom of God, then this in and of itself, this thing that youth ministry, like that I'm really good at, it's not enough. Mm. It's just not enough. And so at that point I was like, okay, so I either pour into youth ministry and figure this thing out in a new way or I'm done Uh, because I can't work with people I don't trust like this. Um, And so that was kind of the hard moment of, all right, I've tried this as good as it gets, and now I'm done. I gotta walk away, and I gotta, I gotta lay brick uh, for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, that was the worst. That was the worst Youth Sunday ever. <laughs> yep. Thanks, man. That's um, it. It is uh, a keen reminder that the youth ministry never flourishes. Um, alongside the church, but inside the church, and that to serve on staff is hmm, a special kind of burden. It is, man. I, I just think if you, for those of you out there listening, if you are, you know, if you're operating on an island, it's not going to work. Hmm. It's not going to work. If, 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 you, if you have team members who don't understand youth ministry, your burden is to teach them and to show hmm. them and if you're trying to go it alone and you're the one running away because you don't think it's great, you have to let go of some stuff and, and get in on what they're doing. Because without it, I mean, without it, we're just picking and choosing who we're hanging out with in the kingdom of God. 
Yeah. And we, and we, we don't get to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going to work. It's not the way of Jesus. Uh, it's not the way that the system will go. All right, Rush, I got a question for you. It's our uh, kind of our namesake question for our After 9 podcast here. So it's typical youth ministry. You've got stuff going on on Sundays, midweek, Sunday nights. What is like, I think people want to know this because it helps kind of clue into kind of that shared process from youth pastor to youth pastor. What is your After 9 question? Like, what's the thing? Like, as soon as you're done with the youth group thing and the last kid's like sent home and you let that car door slams with the parent that picked them up late because they were sorry because they forgot youth was over at a certain time and they were just going to go shopping at Target anyway. Like what? What is like the thing that begins to kind of swirl in your head? Like, what are the questions? Where do you? Where does your mind go? Oh man, the question that hits me most often is, "What did we just do?" <laughs> it's kind of the whiplash moment. Like, what just? Yeah, happened? it's just like this. I mean, I, I I will finish a night of ministry, a morning of ministry, or whatever, and I will feel like. Oh my God, all we did was create busy work or we're this like self-hype machine where I have 10 minutes of announcements that I hate doing and all it was was announcements for more of my own crap. (laughs) What? It's like I'm not even announcing church-wide things because I don't have time for it. Like I'm just doing, hey, come on this retreat and this weekend and show up to these office hours and do this thing and – and and there will and don't be don't forget our silent disco on Tuesday night. Yeah, don't do it. And don't forget about the stupid dress up thing next week or whatever. And I'll get home and I'll go. Did we just pump up and promote student ministry, or did we actually love Jesus well as students? Mm. What was holy about that, right? <laughs> it was not, there's, there's so many nights I get home and I'm so tired. And Zach, you know my wife. My wife yeah. is a retreat facilitator for clergy. Yeah. She's a brilliant theologian. She's a book writer as well. I will get home after one of those days and sometimes yeah. I'll just be fired up. Man, people were cool about this retreat. We're doing yeah. this. We're so pumped. We got all this stuff. And she'll look at me and just ask the most ridiculous question. She'll just say, did anybody see Jesus tonight? Mm. Okay, who gives a crap? Did you not hear? Did you not hear how funny it was? And and I gave away two iPads. What? It was two commandment night. We had two tablets. Oh my gosh! And I I really do. That's my after night question. I I just go, what did we just do? What did we? Oh man, fair because fair (laughs) because sometimes I sit around. I'll do a to do list for the week. And I don't I, – I struggle some weeks to see sort of loving loving my neighbor in it. Yeah. And, and, and there are weeks I go, I j- I'm just not going to do this this week. It's just not going to get done. Um, for, for almost a month and a half, it was just the word email. Like email yeah. just didn't get done. There's none of them. Um, none of them. <laughs> no, 2017 hit. I think I deleted – I'm – 250 emails Ooh. that I just decided <laughs> that hurts my heart. To. Go ahead. No, it crushed. <laughs> and that's not me. I'm just not that kind of person, but it just, I, yeah, that is my thing is like, what in the world just happened? Mm-hmm. And Fair I think question. for me, if, if I can't name it, what generally is the case is I didn't ask the right questions going into it. into it. And so in all those planning meetings or whatever I was doing, if we are not planning for the right thing to happen, mm. then the wrong thing will happen. Rush, if you had a time machine and you could go back to your first year youth ministry self, what is something that you would tell him that only he would listen to you about? 
<laughs> because most first year youth ministry selves are not keen on taking uh, any kind of sage advice from anyone older than them because they have designed it all and they're going to innovate all the things that are wrong. It's true. It's true. It's I true. was a, I was a genius eighteen year old when I started right, volunteering. Right. Uh, Nobody oh, understands teenagers like I do. I'm the first teenager ever. <laughs> Well, I probably thought that because I still was one. So I just, uh, you know. I know what I like. These what? are my <laughs> Sixth graders are just like me. Uh, just less hairy. I think I would tell myself, don't fake it. So you know the you know the old sort of adage like, fake it till you make it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I led a whole series at youth group of that probably about nine years ago. I still remember. I still remember. I created this great little logo for it. But I, uh, if I could go back and tell myself something, I think I would say, don't fake stuff. Mm. Because I think what what happens so often, and maybe maybe this is just me, the things I'm really good at, I think it's really Jesusy to somehow be really humble and and yeah. down downplay the things I'm actually yeah. really gifted at. And so there's this weird sort of not accepting of your own gifts and graces that happen. Mm. So I think I would tell myself, hey, uh, don't no. Don't. Don't don't hide that. Don't, <laughs> don't. hide it under a bushel. No, <laughs> right? As the song says. So but I think the other thing I would tell myself is don't fake the things you're bad at. Okay. Because I think what I did, you know, it's that self-sufficiency. It's that I can do anything. Don't help yeah. me mentality. Yeah. That I think actually covers up everything we really suck at and mm-hmm. prevents us from two things. I think one is I think it prevents us from asking for the help that we need because we think asking for help is this like great sin or something. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing that happens is – um we actually never get any better at it, right? Because mm-hmm. we're yeah. so busy covering up our faults that we actually never say, actually, this could be like a great interview question, right? This could be a great area of growth for me. That um, it could be actually something that we could continue to learn. That's right. That's right. I might be better at this someday. Yeah, yeah. But actually, we're never going to work that hard to do that. No. Um, yeah, I would say stop faking it, man. Just, mm-hmm. just suck at some stuff really hardcore so that people step in and say, hey, Rush, you suck at this? Let me help you. I'd like to help you, right? I've seen you're not perfect. Right. Uh, so please, this is actually my only area of, of gifting. So can I please do this one thing for you? Yeah, uh, this is actually something I'm working on really hardcore right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I literally preached a sermon on Sunday about not – I quit. We're in a sermon series called I Quit. Okay. And the, the sermon I preached was called I Quit Doing It Myself. Mm-hmm. I'm really terrible at that. I'm really terrible at not doing it myself. But it, it's something I'm still sort of working on. It's, it's, a, it's a growing edge for me, Zach. Uh, it, it still is. Your help. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think that's I think that's true for any youth pastor is that we've got little pet areas that we feel really good about, and then probably some deficiencies that we're really ashamed of. And so instead of leaning into the thing that we we're good at and trying to get better, um, you know, we we just cover up the other things and spend twice as much energy. Right? Like this is the whole like, hey, I'm not really I don't really know how to Snapchat, but I'm going to waste a lot of time trying to figure it out. Or like, hey, like I don't really know how to do graphic art stuff, so I'm just going to like tinker on google images like for three hours instead of just being like you know what 
I don't have great graphics, but I'm really good at teaching or like, Hey, I'm not really great at teaching, but I can recruit so many people. I'm just going to go recruit some great teachers because you know what? That's what I'm good at. So no, that's good. That's good. I think it's, it's going to be true for everybody in every single way that's unique to them. If they will receive it. So work on receiving it, work on receiving it. Well, I was just going to say that I think the, the thing that we do and we, when we try to fake it, because I think, I think youth ministry is hopefully, oh dear God, please moving past this. But I feel like there is still, especially when I talk to like small churches who are interviewing people still or churches who are going through a transition, there is still such a limited view of who people think is the ideal youth director mm-hmm. or the program coordinator or the youth pastor, whatever you call yourself. I think there's still such a small idea of what we look and act like. And the more we fake it and try to fit into that mold, the smaller, I think the smaller our job descriptions and professional field, it's, it's the smaller we look, but if, if we could be more diverse and gifted in different areas and all sorts of things, I I think we would all probably benefit from that. Yeah. Um, we probably have a richer complexity of friendships and networks to do things that were fresh and new and innovative in youth ministry and not just, you know, tired college welcome admin camp counselor games and activities. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So speaking of helpful, uh, because youth pastors, youth ministers, youth directors love these kind of things and they, they love it. They love it. What is one practical tip, application, or process that is making your time in youth ministry better? Something you could give folks today to go download, to do differently, to have, to buy, to try. Mm. Man, I got nothing to buy uh, or sell here. I, uh, I, I think the, the, the best freaking thing for me is great planning ahead of time. Okay. And always looking back. Doing the review? As Do, well. during, doing the review every freaking time for a Sunday, for a Wednesday hang, for a huge retreat, for a whole year of ministry, whatever it might be. And that review process, like what does a review process look like for you? So, so give us that maybe. Yeah, so for me, uh, what, what that will really be, so I, there's three of us on staff at my team. And so oftentimes that's us sort of in, in a room. We have like a whiteboard wall okay. and we will just hammer it out and we will disagree with each other and we'll be pumped for each other. Uh, whatever that may be. And I think if any questions arise or if we all actually really agree on something, what we will oftentimes do is look for the dissenting voice. Okay. Uh, so we'll go try to find that youth who hated it or looked bored and say, Hey, why were you bored? Or right, right. we'll find that parent who sent an angry email after that email that, or after that retreat that we all thought we just crushed. Yeah. Right. Why was she um, so mad? <laughs> why was she? What? I don't understand. So I, 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 we are always trying to plan about every six months. Okay. We do about a 18 month planning session. Okay. So we are always trying to work way ahead and we are always then sort of looking in the rear view mirror to see what those trends are. Uh, and that's been a little challenging because I've, I've only been at my the church where I'm currently serving just, just over a year and a half. Okay. And so my associate director, she's just been on board uh, since early last year. And so we're still sort of, sort of getting in on fe- feeling out that process. Um, and so that's one of the things I always do. I always... Um, always plan, always look backwards. And then another thing that I always do is I check myself at the door. Um, and this is, this is literally, and, and I don't mean this like 
This is not an idea. This is something I literally do. I will stare at myself in the mirror. Maybe the day of, maybe it's before. I will I will go into the bathroom because that's where the big mirror is here in my youth building or at home. <laughs> and I and I will I will say sort of two things to myself. And one of these I actually already talked about earlier, but this is from my old youth pastor. Which is basically nobody will remember tonight. I sort of will say that to myself. No one will remember this. <laughs> Which is just this sort of humble like, oh, dear God, you know? And I think, uh, and I, I'm going to get back to, I forget who said this. There's like a church father who used to say this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to this. And this is another boss I had one time. And he said, before every event we ever have, he would come up to us as a team and he'd say, tonight is the only chance we have. Because if you just do stats, right, there's some student who maybe tonight's the only night they come or Tonight is the night where something really important happened to them and their heart is open for the first time ever. Yeah. And it's going to close next week or whatever it is. And so I always hold those two really lightly before an event um, because the reality is there's, there's the sense of tonight you have to bring it. Mm. This is your shot. This, you, are, you are proclaiming the truth of Jesus and that is no light thing. Mm. So you better bring it. And all your things better be ready for tonight. Be mm. present, you know, all the, be prayed up, you know, everything for this meeting. And no one will remember it. So just freaking relax. I like the tension that, that kind of like the, the left and the right side of that brings, right? Like it creates that kind of like there is this space between the absolutely don't even worry about it with the this might be everything and that's dude that's great that that's the formational like chasm of youth ministry right if i can say those things to myself sort of before every event i have found it really sort of helps keep me in check to where you know that 12 year old boy comes up and just says the dumbest thing to you ever after you just poured your heart out it keeps you in check right and you said the dumbest thing ever and it was just the worst night of ministry ever. And you never know when that person is going to come up and say, oh my gosh, Jesus was so present in this room tonight. This is the most meaningful night of ministry I've ever had. You can sort of go, oh yeah, that did happen tonight. Great. Um, so I, I, I do that with that. What's, what's, what, that has helped me over the years, Zach, sort of carry things really carefully and, yeah. really, and really lightly at the same yeah. time. Uh, but there's this great old sort of saying that... Um, you know, an old rabbi would walk around and in his two pockets, he holds two slips of paper. And one of the slips of paper he would pull out and he would say, the universe is made for you. And he'd slide it back in his pocket. And there's some days you just pull that slip of paper out because that's all you need to hear, right? Mm -hmm. But in the other pocket, there's another slip of paper and it says, you were made from dust. Mm -hmm. You can imagine there some... Some I just killed it moments where you probably need to bring that piece of paper out and say, <laughs> and I will return to it. Uh, and so, uh, there, and, and that is it. Uh, just, I, I love, I love carrying that tension and it, it just helps me sort of deal with the diversity of students that come in my door who some are riding high and some are riding low every single mm -hmm. week. Rush, thank you so much for sharing today. That's honest, powerful, insightful. And again, friend, I am happy to call you one of my brothers, both in the task we are about, but just in this life of faith together. So thanks for sharing. If folks wanted to catch up with you, follow up with you, connect with you, what are some outlets, both online and or offline, that could find the Rush Beam? 
Oh, man, it's terribly outdated, Zach. It's terribly – I haven't updated in a long time. So uh, Zach knows this. I am a painter. I'm an artist. Uh, I'm working on a weird new project right now. But my out, my outdated website is rushbeam.com. Okay. Uh, but you can go check out my past at least. And maybe at some point I will go, I will go update it. Uh, but I am also uh, – I am the director of youth ministries at Edenton Street United Methodist Church in downtown Raleigh uh, here in North Carolina. If you're ever in my way, uh, hook me up or – uh, look at, you can find me on our website, just which is just esumc.org. We love acronyms. So, love it. So many letters. Alphabet soup. So many, so many. But I love, I love, love, love reaching out to uh, new youth workers, shaping and forming them. I'm always looking for killer people. And we got a big team here. So, I'm always looking for fun connections too. So, awesome. yeah. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, this interview was heartfelt, insightful, and encouraging. If you like what you've heard, go on iTunes and rate and review After 9. It means a great deal to us and helps other listeners like you find our great youth ministry content. Have a great day, and God bless you. Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After 9 Ministry. Or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.